0: Good morning, New Life family. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to those of you here, uh, those of you that are on the patio and those of you online. Uh, For those of you who are new, we'd love to make a connection with you and get to know you a little bit better. And we've got connection booths here in the hall and also out in the patio. So please join us and uh, we've got a free gift for you.
1: Yeah, hi, I'm Julie and this is Ken and we're the Utterbacks. And we had the beach vibe today, because yep. today is what? Baptism day. Beach yeah. baptism. We're so excited about that. Um, I was telling Kent this morning that, you know, it's been a while since we were actually baptized in in uh, Corona Del Mar. You know, some of you that have seen the uh, Jesus Revolution, mm-hmm. we were baptized down there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty exciting to be um immersed in our Pacific Ocean, so we're excited about that. But more importantly, those of you that are getting baptized today, to be able to go into the water, come out a completely new person, and just be celebrated by your church family that's going to be lined up on the sand, that is an amazing thing, and I'm so excited to share that with you. We're going to be there uh, cheering you on because we know how special this day is for you. Yes. So,
0: yeah. And with that, uh, please stand and uh, prepare your hearts for worship. Thank you.
1: God bless you guys.
2: There's honey in the rock, water in the stone. manna on the ground, no matter where I go hard enough to worry not that I know everything I need you got There's honey in the rock praying for a miracle thirsty for the living well
3: only you
2: can satisfy Sweetness At the mercy sea Now I've tasted It's not hard to see Only you can satisfy There's honey in the rock There's honey in the rock Where the Spirit is, bow me in the wilderness, you will always satisfy. Land. There's power in the blood Healing in your hands Started flowing when you said it is done Everything you is enough I keep looking I keep finding You keep giving You keep providing I have all that I need You are all that I need I keep praying I keep moving, I keep praising, You keep proving I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep looking, I keep looking, I keep finding, You keep giving, You keep providing. I that I face Stronger than the power of the grave Constant in the trial and the change This one thing Remains Your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Uh, sing on and on. Gives up, never up and never runs out on me, your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out
4: Isn't his love so good? I was just reflecting as, as having some quiet time this week of just like how relentless God's love is. Um, you know, when we when we sit and we, we pray through these sets, we, we often ask each other like, what is God putting on your heart and what is he stirring? And we wanna pay attention to those things. Um, but when we thought about this week and this song specifically came to mind, and we've all sung it here, I Speak Jesus. But what was stirring in my heart personally was like, it is so good for us to remind ourselves of the power of Jesus. That he has the power to heal and to save and to deliver. And I found myself when we were praying, I'm like, this is not just some encouraging words on a greeting card. Like God's power is this reality that we're invited into and it's hope. our addictions it's hope for our pain it's hope for the person that is still needing to find Jesus like this is the reality and sometimes I think we just either become numb to it because maybe we're still waiting for breakthrough or whatever experiences are we put that on God we said well God wouldn't do that for me but I'm here to encourage you today that that's the reality every single person in this room is invited into is that God is moving and he wants to move in your life and your faith might feel weak this morning but you know what mustard seed faith is enough for jesus he will take that so this morning we i just want to invite us to press into this reality if you can think of a situation in your life currently or maybe in the life of somebody else or what is going on in this world to sing and to worship jesus from that place to sing these to declare these lyrics over those things because jesus is almighty and is all-powerful And so let's have those conversations with Jesus as we worship to this song this morning. I just wanna remind you that this space up front is a really beautiful place to like come forward and to have those conversations with Jesus and to pray and to lay things down at his feet. Like we say, there's nothing special or magical about this space, but it's an act of coming to Jesus and saying, God, I give this to you. I can't hold it anymore. I wanna bring it to you. So let's worship and let's declare the power of Jesus' name and lean into that reality this morning. Amen? Amen? Amen.
5: Your name is Power, and we are just so grateful that your love and your victory are not dependent on our own, our own behaviors or our, even our own faith, God, that you are going to do what you're going to do despite us, and we are grateful for that. And so this morning, I just want to spend some time speaking the powerful name of Jesus over situations in our church, God, and our world. God, for those here today who are struggling in their relationships, God, we speak the name of Jesus. Would you bring hope and restoration and healing into the relationships of our life, whether that be our marriage or with our kids or with our parents, our aunts and our uncles, God, we just speak the name of Jesus. For those in this room who are struggling with health concerns, God, that's a scary place to be and we speak the name of Jesus in those situations, God. Would you bring healing, would you bring peace, And would you bring your presence into the hospital rooms this week? And God, we pray for our world. God, we just speak the name of Jesus over our world into the natural disasters, the things that are beyond our control. God, we speak the name of Jesus over our world. God, for those um, dealing with anxiety and depression and just uncertainty and fear, God, we speak the name of Jesus. We pray that you would just release the strongholds on our emotions and our minds. God, would you just um, help people to experience your freedom? God, we speak the name of Jesus even just over our service today, God. We just pray that you would move in a mighty way, that you would get the glory, that it would be for you, and we are just so grateful for the ways that you are moving in our church and in our lives personally. We love you. We love you. We thank you. We speak the name of Jesus in this room today. your powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. Sorry, that song always makes me a little bit weepy. Um, Well, we're going to continue in worship, and we are going to invite our ushers forward to receive our offering today. Um, Man, it is such a blessing to be part of such a generous church, um, not only financially, but also with your gifts and talents. We have so many volunteers um, who just give so much of their time and energy to seeing the kingdom come here on earth. And so we just thank you so much to those of you who give that way or give financially. Um, God is truly using your your finances. He's using your sacrifices and he's using your time and your talents to bring his glory here to the Central Coast. So we thank you so much for that. And in fact, we're going to celebrate some of the ways that God has been moving in people of our church. So we have a few people who are going to share a little bit about what God's been doing. I'd like to invite them up here. Um, so give them, give them a nice warm welcome. It always takes a little bit of, of guts in order to uh, share, share some things about what God's doing. So this is my good buddy Dave, my neighbor. Everybody, we get to see him walking his dog most days. <laughs> Yeah, so Dave, um, David, why don't you tell us, you served at Main Event this year, which those of you, if you're new here, Main Event is like our big kids camp that we put on every year. We had like 500 kids there there this year. You've never done anything like that, right? You've never served in Kidsmen, you've never signed up to do that. What, what brought you to say yes this year?
3: Well, actually, uh, somebody told me I'd get a free t-shirt, so... <laughs>
5: And And I must say, it's a pretty cool t shirt if I don't say so myself.
3: Yeah. No, actually, this was the first year that I was uh, available to be able to serve with the main event. And um, a friend of mine said, was signing up again for the next, uh, for this year. And she'd done it before. And she said that she enjoyed being with the kids and how much energy they had and how exciting it was to see the kids all excited about God and about Jesus and that kind of thing. And I thought, you know, I like kids and. I want to be part of a vibrant ministry here in the church, and uh, you know, I'd like my life to make an impact on the next generation, so why not? So I went online, I signed up, and I checked the box. It said, um, just use me wherever you need me.
5: It's always a dangerous check, box to check.
3: (laughs) But I loved it. They put me in charge of a group, uh, crew we called it, a group of 11 seven-year-olds. Um, I had seven boys and four girls, and, uh, and they were amazing, they were awesome. Actually, they were, I loved them, they were excellent. So.
5: And what would you say is your favorite part about Main Event this year?
3: I think my favorite part was the worship time. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to describe how, <clears throat> what it's like being in here with like 500 kids and 200 adults, um, you know, helping and we're just all rocking out to some worship songs. And the thing that just really gets to me is that these kids are, are worshiping God with their entire beings. Uh, they are singing. They don't singing. hold back
5: at all. Uh-uh, it's pretty awesome.
3: They are singing, they're smiling, they're doing the motions with the girls on the stage, they're dancing in the aisles. It is just amazing. And, and to hear the, the sound <laughs> coming from that many kids. Is incredible and uh, so as an extra added benefit I'm looking around seeing these kids having so much fun and I thought I can do this too you know <laughs> so I just you know chucked my inhibitions and said I'm just gonna be a kid again and uh, just joined in with them and they love it too they love to see us join with them and enjoy life and the things that they do so that was my favorite part of it
5: how would you say that serving at main event changed um, your heart or your perspective on kidsmen?
3: Yeah, I think it changed it a great deal. Um, I was blessed to be born and raised in a a Christian family, and I had godly parents and a godly grandmother that uh, made sure that I knew that Jesus loved me personally and that I could put my faith and trust in him and that he would meet the deepest needs of my life, namely having peace with God, getting my sins forgiven, salvation and eternal life with him. And I think that's probably the most important thing that we can give our kids um, is, is the knowledge of Jesus and what he's done for us. And, uh, you know, Pastor Dana and the, and the Kids Ministries team have done a fantastic job of growing our Kids Ministries group. Uh, I don't know how, if you've been here on Christmas or Easter when the kids come out and sing and it takes an extra 10 minutes in church for them just to get on and off stage, it's just amazing. It's, it's incredible. And we have a, an awesome uh, opportunity to pour our lives into these kids and to, um, to speak the name of Jesus. That song was so perfect. I, 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 I thought about this earlier when I was writing out what I was going to say. And that was the term I said, to speak the name of Jesus into these kids and to, uh, to, to, let, to bring them to his feet and let him love them. As only he can do, and uh, that's.
5: Do you have a favorite moment or a way that you saw Jesus that week?
3: Um, we had, you know, with 500 kids, we broke them into like four different groups, and there's 100 to 150 kids in each group. Go dolphins!
5: <laughs> Any dolphins yeah. in the Yeah, house? there you go. There you go.
3: Um, and so. <clears throat> we would go through four different activities each day and kind of rotate through them. Each group would rotate through each of these four groups. And uh, uh, one of them is a Bible story time, which we had out here on the patio. So we'd go out there and we'd sit around on the patio and they would tell us a Bible story that would um, relate to the theme or idea that they were trying to get across to the kids for that day. Um, And then we would break into our crews, our groups, and they had like twelve tents uh, pitched around on the grass uh, back here, and so we'd each go in our little tent and we'd had a workbook and we would uh, you know reiterate what the story was about and how how it, uh, what it meant and how it related to our lives and They had some little things that they would do and on wednesday um, in their in their workbooks was a section where they wanted the kids to kind of um, put down. Where they were in their spiritual walk with God in essence and there was three choices one of them said I don't know much about Jesus or God, but I want to know more Um, The next one said I do know about Jesus and God and I'm ready to give my heart to him And the third one said I've already given my heart to him and I want to share with my family and friends Something to that effect anyway, so they all filled it out and, uh, and then I collected those books Um, And I took them home that night, and I looked through them to see what their responses were. And most, every one of them said that they knew of Jesus and God, and that they were ready to give their hearts to Him. And so, uh, I went to bed with that thought in my head. That was Wednesday night. Thursday morning, about 4 a.m., God woke me up. (laughs) And got me out of bed, and had me write down my story um, of, of how I learned about Jesus, and my experience. And how I came to know him as my Savior, and so um, I I took that with me the next day, and we we did our Bible s- story and we did our workbook time, and then I had them put down their pencils and pens, and I said I want to read you something um, about my life and and w- how it relates to where you are and and what's happening here. So I read them my story, and they listened to it, and then I. I said, you know, I, I noticed in your books that most of you put down that you knew about Jesus and God and you were ready to ask him into your hearts, and I just wanna have take the opportunity to do that with you today. And if you really say this prayer and mean it in your heart, then Jesus will come in and change your life and make you fully alive in Christ. And so um, I prayed, they repeated the prayer after me, and I I can't tell you how rewarding and exciting it is to uh to be a part of something where you see kids lives change where they they open their hearts to jesus it's i don't think there's anything better in the world than that and there's nothing better that we can invest our time and energy and resources in than loving these kids for jesus
5: well thank you for sharing dave yeah Thank you so much. I know that there, you know, there were so many lives that were changed that week. And, um, you know, God's not done yet. You know, he's still working in our kids. He's still working in our student ministries and in all of our adults here, too. And so we have two other people here. They're getting baptized today. Um, This is Brody. Brody, um, why don't you share, tell us a little bit about what God's been doing in your life and why you have decided to get baptized today.
6: Yeah, so I started coming... To youth group, my friend Jackson invited me. Probably, I would say like close to like six months ago, and I was lukewarm for like a really long time. And I was just going to church and like going to youth group, but I was still like on the weekends just going out and like just doing anything other than what God wanted me to do. And I was just thinking of myself and just those like momentary, momentary like satif like I don't I don't know how to say but like satisfactions, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say about three months ago, um, I got into like a lot of trouble with my friend Judah and Anthony and just all of us. All of us got into like a lot of trouble because of the things that we were doing, Um, just like drugs, alcohol, uh, just stuff that we should not be doing that Jesus does not want us to do. And uh, I like, when I hit rock bottom, like I just turned straight to the Bible and that was something that like really helped me just turned my life around, and now I'm here about to get baptized, so, yeah. Praise God.
5: <laughs> well, we can't wait to cheer you on, and um, all your church family is going to be cheering you on today, and why don't you let, give Rita the mic? This is Rita. Rita, why don't you share a little bit about how God's been working in your life, and how why today's the day to get
7: baptized? <clears throat> well... I want to share with the church, in May, I lost my husband of 50 years. And um, we had discussed being baptized together prior to me losing him. And when he got really sick, uh, Joanne and Pastor Dan came out to my house, and they baptized him right there in his bed. And I was so grateful for that. And so now it's my turn. And. I, I feel that my relationship with God right now is the strongest that it's ever been. And, um, I am not perfect and I have my ups and downs, but I, I am concentrating now on God and serving him. And that's what I want to do in my life. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I believe that he forgave my sins and um, I am excited and ready to share publicly my faith. Preach it, Rita, preach it.
5: <laughs> well, we are so excited. That is an understatement to say, um, you know, what God's gonna do today at the beach. Um, There, we have like over 40 people signed up to get baptized, I think, as the latest count. So, um, and it is, it's not too late. Um, you can stop by Connection Central. We would love to get you signed up to come. Um, we have the shirts out there. You can already wear it coming to the beach. If you are planning on getting baptized and you haven't gotten your shirt, please pick it up out on the patio today. Um, man, it's going to be great. Also, God is doing amazing things, not just at New Life, but all along the Central Coast. And so you might see a couple other churches down there also doing baptisms, which is amazing. So when you, if you are coming today, which I hope you are, um, be sure to look for our fully alive flag to so make sure you're in the right spot. And, and, uh, because, But God's... God's God's just doing something amazing and we just get to be a part of it and get to ride the wave so if you are getting baptized today would you stand up we would love to just pray for you yeah you guys can stand up here too yeah awesome. nice um, would you guys just extend a hand towards somebody that is getting baptized today God what a step what a step. We are just so so thankful for the way that you have moved in each one of these lives. Each one of these uh, beautiful people just represent, um, represent you, represent what you are doing, how you're rewriting their story, God, how you're turning things around, how you're healing and restoring and just moving in each one of these lives. Each one has a unique story that brings you glory, and we are so grateful for it. God, we just pray, um, we speak the name of Jesus over our beach baptisms today, God. Would you and your presence, would it just be um, so evident there? Would we um, just shine your light um, at the beach today, God? Would other people get to see um, the amazing ways that you're working and want to be a part of it too? And so we just pray for anybody who is even just on the fence about getting baptized, God, we just pray that you um, would just invade their heart, would invade their thoughts, put away all of the insecurities or the distractions or anything that might um, make them take a pause and say no to what you're pushing them to do, God. Would they just open themselves up, would they step out in faith? and say yes to getting baptized today. We just thank you for all the ways that you're moving in our church and on the Central Coast. You are awesome. You are amazing. And we are just so grateful that we get to be a part of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are going to... Thank you so much for sharing. We're going to get ready and watch this video.
0: Stories are the language of the soul. They have a way of penetrating the heart. In a way few other influences can. This is why Jesus used storytelling so often to illustrate deeper truths. He knew the power of a story to cut through to the heart. These now famous stories are known as parables. They were Jesus' way to communicate an important Kingdom Principle in a form that we could remember and that would meet us where we are at. Although the details of these stories were fictitious, the Kingdom Principles are not. Today, they continue to remind us who God is and what He calls us to be a part of and how much He loves us.
8: Well, good morning, new life. It is a privilege for me to be here. I wasn't supposed to be here. So if you're like, hey, Pastor David, I thought you weren't supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to be here. I was supposed to be in Alabama uh, doing a, a class with the Air Force. But, uh, you know, politicians do politicians' things. And uh, some funding got frozen, and our class got canceled. And so I'm still here. My orders got canceled, and so I'm still here for a little bit. Um, But I'm excited. I get to be a part of the uh, of the baptism this afternoon, and uh, just to let you know, it's you know again, it's down at the beach. It's going to be a little bit unique. We're going to do something a little bit unique because we're down at the beach, and it might be hard to hear. And so I want to encourage every single person who's able to to come out this uh, afternoon at five o'clock because um, we're gonna break up those 43 plus people that are gonna be baptized into smaller groups and they're gonna share their testimony in smaller groups and then you as their congregation are gonna have a chance to lay hands on them and pray over them. Because we know every single time that that you take a step forward in faith uh, and trust Jesus, we know the enemy tries to come against that. And so we just wanna cover them in prayer. And so it's gonna be a very special time And a unique time for us to gather together as the people of God to celebrate, to encourage one another, to spur each other on in the faith. And so, again, I just encourage you to come out 5 o'clock down at the beach. Um, and just excited to see what the Lord is going to do. If you do me a favor, if you have your Bibles, I want you to, um, um, actually, it's going to probably be easier for you just to watch the screen. But I want you to stand up with me um, as we read God's Word. I'm going to be reading three different uh, passages, all the same, all the same story about the parable of the mustard seed, but from three different accounts: from Mark, and then Matthew, and then Luke. And uh, so, hear the word of the Lord. Mark four thirty through thirty four says this: Jesus said, "How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it?" It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people much as they as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry he never taught without using parables, but afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Now jumping uh, backwards to Matthew chapter 13, 31 through 32, we read, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven, also sometimes referred to as the kingdom of God, those are used interchangeably. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds uh, come and make their nest in its branches. And then Luke chapter 13, 18 through 19 says this. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that we get to open up your word. It is a gift to us. God, we are so privileged in in this particular nation that we have access to your word. And so, God, may we have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive, God. God, you gave us spiritual food yesterday for yesterday, but you have brought new spiritual food for us today. So God, may we be ready to open up your word, may we be ready to listen, may we be ready to receive, may we be ready to act upon what you are revealing to us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty and powerful name, turn to somebody and say amen and amen as you have a seat. So three different accounts of the reading of the parable of the mustard seed, you will notice that there were some slight differences. And one of the things we need to remember as we read God's word, specifically in the gospels is that the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not um, those specific gospels about those individuals, but they're the gospel of Jesus as it's revealed to us through the storytelling and the revelation of what God has given to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so The reality is is that Jesus, quite honestly, as he traveled around and taught various places, may have told this parable many times, not just one time. But in the telling of this parable many times, he might have had slightly different versions for this. And each one of the gospel writers is articulating this story. But there are four specific um, common elements that we see between these three different tellings of the story of the parable of the, of the mustard seed. One that we see in the, one element we see in every uh, portion of the parable is the mustard seed. A second portion that we see is this idea that it grows. A third portion that we see are the branches and the bird's nests. And the uh, fourth portion that we see is the kingdom of God. So four different elements that I want to walk us through and help us to understand this parable, maybe with a little bit um, greater insight than maybe we have before. So let's begin here. The mustard seed. It's small. It shatters our assumptions about how God's kingdom will work. Like, if you were thinking about the kingdom of God, if you were thinking about what you were going to say to people about the kingdom of God, I think our tendency is to move quickly to the dramatic moments of our life. It's quickly to move to the dramatic moments of Scripture. And it's kind of to say, hey, the kingdom is like, and then fill in like, hey, this has to be so dramatic and so awe-inspiring and so um, outrageous and so supernatural that all of a sudden people would actually believe. But what Jesus is saying in this passage, the kingdom of God isn't always dramatic. It's not always the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that we see in the Old Testament. It's not always um, Joshua walking around Jericho seven times and the walls come crumbling down. It's not always uh, the big things that happen. In fact, if you go over to uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, you read a story about Elijah. Right before this story in, King, in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah does, God does something dramatic through the prophet Elijah. He, Elijah... Basically, lights, uh, or God lights this, off, this um, altar on fire after it's been drenched with water three different times. And God lights this altar on fire in a dramatic and awesome way. And so our tendency is to think that that is how God moves all the time. Yet when you get to chapter 19, you find Elijah, who had just seen God move in a powerful and mighty way, now in a state of depression. And God invites Elijah out to stand and kind of bear witness to him. And he says, Elijah, where do you see me, essentially? And there's an earthquake, and there's, a, there's fire, and then there's this like rushing wind. And God isn't in any one of those dramatic expressions. But God comes to Elijah in the form of a whisper. Small. Quiet. In the night, as... Brother David said at 4 a.m., waking you out of your sleep in the kingdom of God, come bursting in to your life. And so it's small, like a mustard seed. It's often long obedience, as you've heard me say, in the same direction. And as beautiful it is as it's gonna be to baptize So many individuals today, and as dramatic and awesome as this day is going to be as an event of faith in their life, there are going to be a million small moments of faith where the kingdom will break into their life from this point forward. And so the dramatic is awesome, and the dramatic kind of sometimes propels us forward, and the dramatic breaks in and sometimes grabs our attention, but never. Miss how God is moving and revealing Himself in hidden and hidden in small ways. The kingdom of God, as Jesus is talking about it, is not always readily seen at first. Sometimes it takes kind of pushing away the brush. Sometimes it takes having our kingdom antenna up. Sometimes it takes us kind of pushing away the dirt and the mire and recognizing that God is at work. And we actually see this being revealed again and again through the story of God. I want you to think of it this way. There is the way of the mustard seed. Turn to somebody near you and say, walk like the mustard seed. I know that sounds weird, but let me give you some examples. Bethlehem, where Jesus would would be born, was the smallest of cities in Judah. It was not known for its grandeur. It was not Rome. It was not this great city. It was Bethlehem. It was small, insignificant. And yet it's the place where the kingdom of God first broke in through the person of Jesus. Jesus. Nazareth in John chapter chapter 1, maybe about 400 people, 12 to 15 families, was not something, not a great city, not something that anybody would want to be from. It was a no-name town, essentially. In fact, there was two disciples that were having a conversation, Philip and Nathaniel. And Philip is going on and on about how Jesus is incredible, and he is the Messiah. And then he makes the mistake of telling Nathaniel that, that Jesus is from Nazareth. And Nathanael looks at Philip and says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And so you have the kingdom of God breaking in through insignificant means. Jesus and his disciples. Again, John chapter one, fishermen. Jesus doesn't go to the religious elite of the day. He doesn't go to those individuals that have everything all together. He doesn't go to kings and queens and people of that nature. He doesn't go to the powerful and the wealthy. He walks down to the seashore and begins to call to follow him fishermen, people who were rabbinic school dropouts, people who did not have the education that they probably needed to be his disciple, people who had gone back to the family business, people who, let's just be honest, smelled like fish. No offense, no offense, Brother Travis. And he calls them. He sees something in them. And this is what Jesus always does. He sees something in us that we don't yet see ourselves. He calls something out of us that looks small and insignificant. He calls something out of us that looks like it might just be a speck of who we are. And he calls that out of us and begins to allow it to grow and to take shape and form. This is who Jesus is. Later on in Mark chapter 11, Jesus is coming into the city of Jerusalem and people are beginning to think and believe that he is the Messiah because he's performing these miracles and he has this ability to speak and teach with authority. And so they're expecting him to ride into Jerusalem where Rome has taken up occupation on a warrior horse, on a white horse, and all of a sudden take back that authority for the Messiah and for the Jewish people. In fact, the expectation is that Jesus would ride into that city similar to Joshua. And the reason that they had that expectation is because if you, uh, if you understand uh, how Jesus' name actually uh, is pronounced in its original context, it is Yeshua, which means Joshua, which means what they were expecting was a warrior to, walk, to ride into the city. But Jesus rides into the city on a donkey. Talk about your massive letdown of expectations. And Jesus is saying, "No, no, no! This is what the kingdom of God looks like: simple, humble beginnings that grow into something else." It's confusing because it was just days later than that that Jesus would find himself falsely accused, beaten, whipped. And hung on a cross. And people would walk away saying, the kingdom of God can't look like that. And Jesus is saying, it looks like this, but it's not done yet. Because the resurrection was coming. But there had to be patience. There had to be waiting there had to be a wrestling with what the kingdom of God looks like, which is the, leads to the second portion of this parable that is so key, is that the kingdom of God may start off small like a mustard seed, but it always grows. It's always fermenting. It's always coming into fruition. The potential is always there. In fact, everything that that plant needs to become that fuller garden The plant, everything it needs to build those branches is all there in the smallness of that mustard seed. What needs to happen is it needs to be cultivated. It needs rain. It needs good soil. It needs all these things in order to continue to grow. And I want to suggest something to you today that sometimes we want to expediate the process. Like we, we don't want to wait three, three days for the resurrection. Right? We don't want to march seven times. We only want to march four times around Jericho. We want to expediate the process, and sometimes, quite honestly, we are praying for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in some aspect or area of our lives, and quite honestly, we are impatient, and so we're a little bit like somebody, and if you're a gardener, you know this wouldn't work, that buries a mustard seed, and then every single day goes outside and unburies it to check it. Like, that's what we do. We sit there and we're like, hey, I'm going to bury this. I'm going to water it. And the next day we come out and we're like, hey, let's dig it up. Oh, no, but it hasn't grown yet. Let me bury it again. Somebody here today needs to be reminded that sometimes you need to get out of God's way. Sometimes you need to be patient and wait on the Lord. Sometimes you need to know that that in order for the kingdom of God to come into fruition, in order for us to see the full potential of what the kingdom of God is all about, we have to wait on the Lord. I was 18 years old when all of a sudden, and this was not the first time that God had spoken to my life. This was probably like, At least the thousandth time that God had spoken into my life. But quite honestly, it was when I was 18 years old that all of a sudden God had had spoken and he had spoken and he had spoken and he had spoken and he had spoken. And then there was this time when I was 18 years old that the Holy Spirit just fell upon me in a more powerful and significant way than I had ever felt before. And my eyes were finally opened and my heart was finally opened. And it took 18 years for that to happen. 18 years for my heart to be open to him moving in my life, 18 years for me to stop trying to do things my way instead of his way, 18 years for me to celebrate and worship God with everything that I am. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that grows. And sometimes we find ourselves interceding and sometimes we find ourselves praying and sometimes we find ourselves getting frustrated because it doesn't seem to move fast enough. And we as the people of God, as it begins to grow, we get to look for where it's advancing and look for those small ways it's being revealed and look for those small moments where we see the kingdom of God happening. When I was in college, we, were, we had done a, uh, a trip down to uh, Florida. Part of it was mission trip, part of it was spring break, and uh, we got to enjoy everything. So we're at the end of the spring break portion, and we have a 15-passenger van that we had driven, driven down there. And I had set my, my, um, my clothes down, and I had put the keys to that 15-passenger van in my clothes on the beach. And uh, I was kind of up a little bit bit ways, and everybody started to pick up. The sun was getting ready to go down, and they picked up all of our stuff, and mine included, and began to bring it to me. It was very well-intentioned, but at some point along the way, they had dropped those keys to that 15-passenger van in the sand, buried. And we were already, you know, at least 50 to 100 yards away from where we were sitting. And my heart began to race. I'm thinking, I've got all these people. The sun's going down. How are we going to get back home? We've got to drive straight through the night to get back in time for classes and all this kind of stuff. And so we found a guy who had a metal detector. And he had one of those sifters. And so we started to kind of go where we thought that those keys were on the beach. And everybody began to dig and to sift and to use that metal detector attempting to find where the where those keys were folks sometimes we have to Be diligent in looking for where the kingdom of God is. Sometimes when we look at our world, we say, man, the kingdom of God doesn't look like where it's anywhere happening. It doesn't look like it's breaking through anywhere. And it just feels like one tragedy after another after another. And it just seems like a reminder that the kingdom of God isn't doing anything. And what we're reminded of in this parable is that we have to be searchers of the kingdom of God. We've got to be looking for where it's breaking in, even in small ways. And so we began to search all over that beach, and I kid you not, it wasn't the metal detector. I had the scoop in my hand, and I'm literally walking around praying, God, will you help me find these keys? And, and it might be one of the most miraculous things that I can think of uh, that's happened in my life. I literally put down that sifter in a, what I thought was a random place on the beach. And all of a sudden, as I put down that sifter, buried underneath the sand, not sitting on top, not so that I could see it, I put down that scooper, I scooped up that sand, and jingle, 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 the keys were in that thing. That's sometimes what the kingdom of God feels like, though. You're like, I don't know if it's going on over here, but I'm going to try to look for it over here. And I don't know if it's going on over here, but I'm trying. Some of us are looking for where the kingdom of God is in our lives and in our marriages and, and, and in, a, in a journey of sickness. And we're like, God, it doesn't seem like the kingdom of God is breaking through at all in here. And then all of a sudden you see glimpses. You see glimpses of what God is doing. And it doesn't always happen when we're gathered here on Sunday mornings, and sometimes it's on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Sometimes it's in the hospital room. Sometimes it's in the office. Sometimes it's in the classroom. Sometimes it's wherever we are. We begin to see glimpses of the kingdom of God breaking in. The third area is birds and branches, birds' nests and branches, When the kingdom of God breaks in, it gives evidence to those who maybe are outside of the kingdom of God to experience what God is doing. When they, all of a sudden becomes a place where those who thought they were on the outside realize that the kingdom of God and his grace and his mercy and his love is for people just like them. And they're invited in to see what God is doing. And it's not just here on a Sunday morning. Like I said, it's in everyday life that you invite people to come and experience what God is doing. And the fourth way is simply recognizing that in every one of these parables, there's a phrase that we should use on a regular basis. And it's simply this The kingdom of God is like, turn to somebody near you and say, The kingdom of God is like, it is active waiting, but it's recognizing that as we begin to identify what the kingdom of God is doing, we begin to say, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what it looks like. It looks like somebody who hasn't been a part of kids ministry ever. All of a sudden, God beginning to stir within him a desire to invest in the spiritual Uh, growth of the next generation. It looks like an individual who says, you know what? I was going the way of the world, and all of a sudden, God got a hold of my heart, and I began to follow him. I repented of my sins and began to follow into Jesus. It looks like gathering around somebody who's ready to cross from this life into the next and baptizing them in their hospital bed. It looks like that. It looks like all these small, obedient ways of living into what God is calling us to do. But it's not easy. There's three things that I think I I want you to consider right now. The first one is this. The kingdom of God and the parable of mustard seed is about faithfulness even when we don't see God moving fast enough. I mean, can you imagine, I said it earlier, can you imagine Joshua leading people around the city walls of Jericho and then all of a sudden, you know what? We're on six, God hasn't moved yet, might as well give up. Never seeing what God was gonna do in a powerful way. Can you imagine the disciples that when Jesus was like, you know, 30 or 31 being like, hey, you know, I'm not really seeing this thing happen. Or when he gets to 32 and then all of a sudden 33, like all of a sudden stopping following Jesus before they saw the cross and before they witnessed the resurrection and missed out on what God was doing. It's nurturing faith. It's being faithful in the small things. And so some of us here today, as we lean in and we are praying for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to encourage you this morning to be faithful. To be seekers of the kingdom of God. To be searching for where the kingdom of God is breaking through. To have that radar up and be faithful in your search for it. The second thing is, again, like I mentioned just a moment ago, being determined not to stop. To get up every day and realize that, yes, you could not pray for the kingdom of God to come into your marriage. You could stop praying for the kingdom of God to come into the life of your child. You could stop praying for the kingdom of God to come into your classroom or a various place, but, but that God has called us not to stop. And so we get up every day, and we lean in, and we pray, and we ask God for his kingdom to be revealed and unique and Special ways today. And then the third area, we would be faithful. We wouldn't stop searching for it. And we would have a big vision for what God can do when that kingdom comes into its fullest fruition. It starts out small, but there is this vision of a large plant. And so what does it look like to be faithful, to intercede and not stop? And even though we don't see the fullness of that vision coming into play right now, trust that God's got something that is gonna be growing and moving and happening and to trust that he is on the move. See, sometimes we find ourselves looking at situations and we're like, God, where is your kingdom in this? I mean, how many people watched the destruction that happened in Maui and go, God, where's your kingdom in all of this? Houses lost, lives lost, all this stuff going on. God, where is your kingdom? How is your kingdom going to be revealed through this situation? How many of you have looked at your marriages and been like, God, where is your kingdom going to be revealed in this particular relationship? How many of you have looked at your kids and thought, hey, God, where is your kingdom and how are you going to be revealed in this particular situation? How many of you are looking at the school year for your kids and saying, God, would your kingdom come into their classroom? Would you teach them and and show them how the kingdom of God is going to break through in their school? How many of you are teachers and you're asking yourself, God, how do I represent and reveal the kingdom of God in the classroom so that you might be revealed? How many of you are starting new businesses or new ventures and and while you have this idea and this goal and this dream of this business or this venture, what if you stopped and asked, God, I don't want just the success of my business. I don't want just the success of this venture. God, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you are walking through a journey of sickness right now? And you're like, man, this... This doesn't make sense. The kingdom of God would look like healing. The kingdom of God will look like restoration. What if the kingdom of God looks different but will still be revealed? And so the team's going to lead us in. A couple of songs to just close out our time together and as always our altars are open for you to come and pray or you can pray in your seats i'd encourage you if you have come here with somebody and you know that they're carrying a burden i pray that you would lay hands on them that you would pray over them during these next few moments because we want to just have a time of intercession to close out our time and again i want to I want to revisit those three areas. For some of us, what we're going to pray for is faithfulness in the small things. God, would you just help me be faithful to look for your kingdom of God, faithful to get up every day, faithful with the small things. For others, we're going to pray, God, don't let me stop before before your kingdom actually comes to fruition. Don't let me stop. Don't let me stop on three or four or five or six when, God, you're going to move on seven. And then finally, God, would you give me a vision to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I pray, God, you would reveal the ways that your kingdom might be hidden. Would you bring that to fruition? God, would you open up? and reveal as we search and seek for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
6: Alright, let's sing it again.
8: Grace something, Father, we thank you for the moving of your spirit, God. We thank you for healing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you, God, the way that you come near in our lives. We thank you for your faithfulness. And so, God, would you give us eyes to see your kingdom, ears to hear your kingdom. And, God, would you order our steps to walk in the ways of your kingdom. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning. As always, we have a prayer team that's going to be up here at the front. As you pause and take a moment, if the Lord is still stirring something in you, if the Lord is saying, hey, I I want to have a deeper relationship with you, I want you to know more about me and what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, we would love to pray with you and encourage you and begin to share with you what it looks like to walk and step with Jesus. Also, if you are someone here today and maybe throughout this morning's message, all of a sudden you say, hey, I want to be baptized this afternoon outside of our Connection Central. You can stop by and they will share with you what baptism means and, and talk to you about whether or not it's something that you would want to participate in today. As you go today, may you go to be seekers of the kingdom of God. May you look for where God's kingdom is breaking through in both big but also small ways in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen and amen grace and peace to you we'll see you next week